Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Good to be heard on uh, whatever day you're listening to this. And hopefully you guys are getting ready for the weekend. It might be the weekend. Having a good time. Appreciate everyone listening. We are live every day. So are all of our shows on AMP. Make sure you download Amazon AMP. You can listen to us live. So was the YouTube channel, Volumes YouTube channel. Things big. Uh, so give that bad boy a subscribe. All of our videos are up there as well. A uh, lot going on today. Football talk, football talk, and more football talk. Some draft buzz. Tua, Trey Lance, Tom Brady. Uh, we will dive into it all as, as well as artificial turf versus grass. Seems to be a controversial topic in the NFL streets. And uh, and yeah, so we, we big football show. A lot of, lot of thoughts as we head into the weekend, as well as uh, we're in the middle of, of designing some three and out merch, but we do have Golo. I, I have a suite, some Golo trucker hats, as well as some Golo polos. Just go to the Volumes YouTube, or excuse me, the Volumes website, just thevolume.com, and you can search the different shows. Golo, I think the hats look fantastic. The Adidas polos, we're in the, 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 the three and out hats, they're going to look good. We, we are, we're fine tuning those right now. So we're pushing product. Uh, check that out as well. And any other housekeeping Middlecoff mailbag. We, we obviously put one out usually on the weekend at John Middlecoff at John Middlecoff is the mailbag. So uh, that's my Instagram fire in there and get your question answered here on the show. No mailbag on this show, but it'll come out Sunday. Probably put one out next week before the draft for sure. Next week's draft week. So buckle up. Uh, you, your team will have new players. And if you're a Jets fan, you better hope to have Aaron Rodgers or your guys are screwed. But that's a whole other topic for next week. And uh, and yeah, you need to get outside. You need to get some vitamin D. Is there any better feeling than just being outside and seeing the sun? Well, how do you do that? You live around Major League Baseball? You want to go to a baseball game? I got you covered. You into, Obviously, these sports are indoors. The NHL and the NBA playoffs. Been watching a lot of hockey. The NHL playoffs are awesome. I mean, these guys are... Just complete badasses. Go to the GameTime app, the official ticketing app of the show. No big deal. You guys are hammering that promo code, and it is John, J-O-H-N, and get $20 off any pair of tickets. Concerts, I'm going to a couple this summer. Going to Morgan Wallen when he comes to Arizona in about a month. George Strait's rolling through, too. You want to go see whoever, just check if they're coming to a city near you. Comedy show, I got you covered. Promo code John. Just go to your app store, download the GameTime app, and uh, first-time users, promo code John, no big deal, doing you a favor. Don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. I appreciate everyone that has. They're loving you guys. 
we we are we're doing a lot of business right now. So uh, thank you to everyone that is using the promo code Game Time. Appreciate you. So do I. Where do I want to start? Uh, there's some Trey Lance. Uh, I had a couple of thoughts on the Chiefs, but I, I think I'm going to start with Tua. Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And the cool part about this time of year is a lot of these teams, you know, start that phase one of the offseason program and players show up and then players give press conferences. And especially the teams that miss the playoffs, we, we haven't heard from a lot of these guys. And Tua's season last year was polarizing might be the wrong word, but was definitely one of the biggest, I would say, talked about individuals because of the concussion situation. And I, I wanted to start there. And Tua made headlines by saying that he contemplated retirement. And I think anyone anyone listening to this has seen a parent, has seen a grandparent, has had themselves, a, a child, hopefully not, but family, friends, whatever, have seen people deal with health issues. And whether they're self-inflicted or not, a lot of times like you got to draw a line in the sand, right? Got to change your diet. You got to add exercise. There are things that you need to change. And it's like, it's up to you, especially the older you are, like 50s, 60s, as our parents or grandparents get older. My dad had, you know, type 2 di- diabetes and he just refused to change. And that's his own fault. So if I ever get it, like, I have a choice to make. A- am I going to change my diet or am I not? Right. And I would say anytime you go through, you know, tough things physically that a doctor tells you, hey, you need to do this moving forward. That, that, that's that's a time for introspection, and that's a time for making a, a hard decision. And and really, they shouldn't be, but when you have children, when you have family, when you have people that care about you, you, you got to make tough decisions. And we all have these at certain times in our life. Uh, hopefully, you don't, but a lot of them are kind of unavoidable. And I, I think, too, uh, you know, when you play football, it's a violent game. No matter how much they have regulated the violence out of it, you saw with Tua getting slammed on the ground. There's nothing you can do. Tua can't run away from these players, right? He's not that fast. So when he gets slammed on the gr- uh, ground over and over, if I just ask the average NFL fan, how many concussions do you think Tua had? I would imagine most people said five or six. Just last season. I think it's documented that he had three. Obviously, by the end of the season, he was quote-unquote clear, didn't play. So it, it was a bizarre situation. So not uh, bizarre in the sense that like, Where's this going? Where's this headed? And then they pick up the fifth-year option. But I understand him saying that, of course, he talked to his family like, should I continue doing this? Is this the right move? Because unlike people that hurt their ankle or their elbow or their shoulder, and whether you can rehab it or whether you can get surgery to fix it, this is not something you can quantify. This isn't some like, hey, you got type 2 diabetes. You need to cut X, Y, and Z out of your diet. This is like, yeah, I hope that... uh you know, some defensive tackle or linebacker doesn't blindside you and slam you to the ground and end your season, right? And, and you now, based on previous concussions, are more inclined to get another one. And there's there's no way to avoid that. I mean, you can be smarter, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's trying to get hit. And I think anytime any human being, professionally or health-wise, goes through something that you spend some time looking in the mirror. I bet there are a lot of people listening to this right now who have either changed jobs, who have been laid off maybe in their career, who have tried a business and had it failed. And usually like 
through adversity, you kind of look in the mirror and you ask yourself some questions like, is this what I want to do? Can I make this work? Is this something that I want to continue to dedicate time with? Is this something that you know I'm passionate about? Do I actually really like doing this? Is this worth it? You just ask yourself some questions. And definitely health-wise, I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. Like, what am I doing? What do I need to change? And I think that's what makes this so complicated. There's not a right or wrong answer. Of course, like, I'm not shocked at all. And I remember last year, the media was like, no, I can't play anymore. Well, that's not your choice. You, you don't get to decide for other people. I know everyone thought they got to do that in 2020 and 2021, but those days are over. You don't get to dictate what other people do with their own health when it comes to playing football. So I would say the media universally was like, he can't play ever again. It is not safe. And as Tua said, like, yeah, we talked about it and I'm not going to stop. Now, I listen, that's his choice. That's his prerogative. Do I feel like when I watch him play that he is more inclined than other players to get injured? I would say this. He's not very quick. So it's hard for him to avoid, like he can't run away from people, right? He's a pocket quarterback who also happens to be small. And for whatever reason now, he kind of has a history of got hurt in college, been slammed to the ground multiple times in the pros. And it hurt in college, like major injury. Remember him? I think it was against Mississippi State lying on the ground with, uh, was it a dislocated hip? Like he, he got really, really injured in, in that game in college. And then obviously last year in the pros, just slam. Now you can come back. Well, Drew Brees was small and he couldn't really move. Yeah. Well, clearly he was pretty good at whether it was getting rid of the ball fast. The other thing is one thing Tua hangs his hat on is the deep ball. Like he does throw a pretty good deep ball. It's one of his most powerful weapons as a player, kind of that little lollipop go route or post route. Usually that takes a little time. Like Drew Brees did most of his work in the short and intermediate game in his career. So I, I wonder if the way he plays is not the most conducive to uh, you know avoiding hits, and uh, not shocked at all to hear a guy say, "Yeah, I, I know people have talked about it. I've obviously talked about it, but I'm not stopping." And then he also mentioned that he's using Taekwondo. Your boy, you know, might have gone to Rodney's Karate in the mid '90s. He just, you know, I, I was probably the worst student there. Uh, this guy had trained in Davis, California, like with one of the Gracies. I mean, this guy was a certified badass. And there were some people that he taught that were like, I would not. They were my buddies or whatever. They were really good. I was I, I lasted like six months, took a lot of discipline. Like I, I got a lot of respect for martial arts. That is very, very difficult. And there clearly are things that translate to especially other athletics, right? I'm going to push back on this one, though, like learning how to fall. I remember when I was with the Eagles, Michael Vick couldn't slide and he got hurt a lot. And part of it was because he took hits down the field, right? He was a running quarterback who would take off. But then when he found himself in the open field and there were guys surrounding him, like you watch Kyler Murray and it makes sense. He's a baseball player. It's pretty natural. He can hit the ground, right? Russell Wilson, also a baseball player. Pretty natural slider. You watch Lamar Jackson. He's actually not the most nimble slider, but he's kind of good at doing this little fall thing, right? He just kind of hits the ground. You watch, you know, Michael Vick, it was always like, God, he's getting destroyed. Now, Tua is not a running quarterback. So part of, like, if Fletcher Cox or, you know, Aaron Donald or whoever, whoever, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, they get their hands on you, especially if you're someone of Tua's stature, 
They are dramatically bigger and stronger than you. You are no longer in control, right? It's just kind of out of it. Now, I'm sure you can do things like if a guy's coming to hit the ground, but part of when I've watched two have been injured, it's had to do with them getting a, you know, onto his body and slamming him to the ground. And I, I don't care if Horace Gracie's teaching you or I'm teaching. I don't know if there's that much you can do in those situations. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I find myself rooting for Tua. You listen to him talk. You're like, God, this is an impressive guy. He's a high character person. Clearly, football means a lot to him. But, you know, some things at the highest level, you know, you're either good enough or you're not, or your body can either hold up or it can't. And we kind of have a long history of guys' bodies that just struggle to hold up. And I think the hard part about, you know, the head stuff is we just don't know what we don't know in the sense of like, how do you protect it? I, I know they've changed the helmet. That was a story pretty recently. The quarterbacks are going to wear different helmets moving forward or that they're trying to implement them. But I, I do think there's only so much you can do. And um, let's face it, we're all kind of going to hold our breath when, when Tua plays moving forward. <laughs> Trey Lance. That was a story that came out in Rappaport, Rap Sheet. Tweeted out, basically, you know, the Niners are not expressing the interest to trade them. They're not calling around. They are not shopping them, but they have received calls and they're opening to listen because they would kind of listen to anyone. It's like, yeah, you know, I trade LeBron James, but you got to give me a ton. Now, obviously, Trey Lance is LeBron James, but back on draft night when the 49ers and, and really it happened a couple of months before when they made the big trade for a quarterback, I got behind it. Because it was like, you know, I am pro swinging for the fences. But I do think several years later, we can say part of swinging for the fences is like taking a calculated risk and probably mitigating the potential for disaster. And like the Carolina Panthers this year traded a lot, right? Several first round picks, a stud wide receiver, like they gave up a lot of assets, but they moved up to number one. So... In a draft that doesn't have Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck or John Elway or Peyton Manning, most drafts are a crapshoot, right? No one knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be this good. Most people thought Josh Allen, including myself, stunk. Jalen Hurts, I thought he was a running back. This is an inexact science. But at least when you make a big trade to get to number one, you control the draft. You dictate the terms on draft night. And you look back at the 49ers, separate from Trey Lance, they traded up to pick three. Like, that's pretty nuts. It's one thing to do it on draft night. They did it like two months before. And I've said over and over, if the 49ers and some 49er fans, for whatever reason, have this weird loyalty to Trey Lance, which I don't ever have loyalty to anybody when it comes to sports or as a fan, right? Unless they've earned it. Like I get, if you're a Warriors fan... And you have loyalty to Draymond, Steph, and Clay. But they've earned that equity. But like Trey Lance was just in your mind, you hope to get the star quarterback and it hasn't materialized. Who cares? Just pivot and move on. Right? Like once a guy establishes himself and becomes a really good player, like I understand if I'm a Titans fan being mad that we traded AJ Brown. But ultimately, if Trey Lance doesn't work out and the teams has success, who cares? This loyalty of like Trey Lance got screwed, did he? You know, I I don't think so. Uh, I thought he was gonna be much better than it looked like he was going to be. But that's my point. I've always said, like, my opinion on this is kind of irrelevant. I was going to these practices. You know who didn't believe in them? 
the head coach, who's also the coordinator, and the players. One of the big stories last year during training camp was like the veteran players, ton of them are pro bowlers, were like, yeah, this ain't working, dog. We need something else. A big reason why they signed Jimmy Garoppolo back. Because internally, the star players who planned on winning and the head coach who also planned on winning weren't seeing it. So like I tried to be optimistic. I remember going to practices, but it was like, you know, he's got some inaccuracy issues. And then part of it, and this is what Jalen Hurts earlier in his career before he became a much better passer, same with Josh Allen, they could really run. So when you got like, if all you have is a 99 mile an hour fastball, eventually Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, like they can time that up. But if you got a 99 mile an hour fastball and you also got either a sweet changeup or a slider, they kind of never know what's coming. So when you are a running quarterback who is learning to throw, you always have the pitch of like, screw it, I'm going to take off. And Jalen, hell, Jalen still has that. But early on in his career, he was such a great runner because he is. He's a natural player in space. Josh Allen, same thing. Obviously, Lamar, a lot of good dual threat quarterbacks are dual threat for a reason. Justin Fields, we'll see if he can ever get become the passer. But as a runner, it's elite. Kyler Murray, faster than everybody on the field. Trey Lance is slow. He plays slow. So he's like an inaccurate quarterback who struggled to run. Now, he has a small sample size. But the thing in the NFL, like you don't get much time. Th- this is not like in baseball. I can keep you in the minors. We can give you years to figure it out, then bring you up if it doesn't work, whatever. Football moves at rapid speed. It's why so often a guy gets hired, three years later, he's fired. It's like we see first-rounders and second-rounders all the time. A couple years in, it's like, yeah, they're not started anymore. This guy's a backup rotation guy. They get cut. The NFL does not wait on anybody. And ultimately, Trey Lance, so when I see this report, they're thinking about trading him. One is they're looking at it like this. Let's use a stock analogy. If you took $100,000 and bet and put it on one individual stock, If two years later, it was at $67,000, you would obviously not be happy, right? You you would have lost, you know, 33% or whatever of your initial investment. And if I told you, hey, would you sell this right now? Ideally, you would say, no, I'd want to get it at minimum. Just can I get my money back? Will the stock go back to $100,000? And I'd say, well, there's a small, small percent chance of that ever happening. But there's a bigger percent chance of that $67,000 in a year being worth $20,000. So ultimately, when you sell, you're going to lose $80,000 instead of $33,000. You, you would sell immediately. And I think the 49ers know that, you know, more likely than not, Trey Lance can't beat out Sam Darnold. So when the season starts, and it, let's assume Brock Purdy is healthy and can come back. Trey Lance will then be the third string quarterback. So if right now, and I don't think he's got much value, he hasn't played, he's been injured. Clearly the 49ers who invested all this already questioned the pick. Could they get a conditional third round pick for him? Could they get like a couple force? You know, could they just get something that's worth just be like, we should move. If you're Trey Lance, you're not starting for the 49ers. Like that's not happening. John Lynch and the head coach already said, Brock Purdy's the starting quarterback. The team already rallied behind the guy. And Sam Darnold, like they've been pretty open. They started about trading for him two years ago. And then what he did last year, those last six games, dramatically better than anything I've seen out of Trey Lance. And it's not like Sam Darnold's 
33 years old. He's 25. So I think Trey Lance's tenure with the 49ers is in major jeopardy. They're telling you that they're cool with making the trade. And I think they know from a value standpoint, like there's a decent chance his value beyond plummets when week one comes around because he's not even the second string quarterback. So do we take whatever we can get right now? And I understand it from another team standpoint. If you think that you can get a distressed asset and not have to pay that much money, it's more than worth it. Because if you're a team that doesn't have a quarterback and ends up not drafting a quarterback, the Colts, uh, the Tampa Bay, you just look around the league, the Houston Texans, if they don't draft a quarterback. Fourth round pick, basically get a year to see the guy. And if it works out, great. Pick up his fifth year option and move forward. If it doesn't, whatever. Wasn't really your problem. You paid the guy $9 million for one season to see if he could function, to see if you could find... I don't want to say a diamond in the rough because the guy was drafted, you know, third overall. But to see if you could just get him going. And if teams like the Texans that draft that don't draft a quarterback are not interested, would tell you everything you need to know. Uh, because I, I think clearly uh, Trey's a good guy. He, he's definitely not like a malcontent. He's not demanding a trade. It just hasn't worked out. And I think if you go back to the process of you never should make these crazy early draft trades for the third overall pick. That's just not good business. If you're draft, if you're trading, you know, in, in May or excuse me, March or February for the number one overall pick, I, I could see that. But trading for the third overall pick when two other quarterbacks uh, are going to go f- one two, I, I think that's just bad business. I think the Niners learn from it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. 
Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. One thing that's going on right now with the Chiefs that just shows you what a high-level operation they have is like Tua and the Giants and all these teams, all these players that have reported for all these uh, you know, franchises all over the NFL. The Chiefs do not make their players report. Uh, they do some Zoom meetings throughout the week because they work out in Texas with Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs Instagrammed yesterday just pictures from the Texas workouts, and there were players everywhere. And I was just thinking, like, they've won two Super Bowls in the last four years. They have, you know, now with Belichick losing Brady, the best coach in the NFL. They clearly have the best quarterback in the NFL. But they got the best culture in the NFL. Like, people always say this in business. It's it's not about the walls or the building. It's about the people inside. And that's usually true, right? You know, it's, the best companies usually have some of the best people running it. And when it comes to sports, they always say the best teams are those that get coaches on the field, get players that take responsibility. They get players that want to be coached. They get players that just never stop working, even after they had success. Because it's easy if I pay you $100 million or if you win a Super Bowl to take your foot off the pedal. That's human nature. We all are guilty at times of, you know, I could have worked a little bit harder. I could have been a little more mature and disciplined in that situation. I, the Chiefs just don't have that problem. I mean, where they can give their guys more time off in the sense of you don't need to be in Kansas City, but you guys are going to be working. And you're all with Patrick Mahomes, who is your best player leading the operation. Wasn't that the Patriots' greatest advantage over the years? All their players always said it is if Belichick can get on Tom and Tom's standards on the practice field and in the meeting room are as high as Bill's and any coach, I, I better, you know, <laughs> stay locked and loaded. I better bring it on a daily basis. One of the Patriots' biggest advantages, uh, you could argue the biggest, was the culture set not by Bill, but by Tom, who followed that lead. Because when your best players don't follow that lead, it's when you get problems. And clearly the Chiefs, I, I just think that as long as this is their wiring and their mindset, they're just going to be the pick every single year. I mean, they, they really are. And um, if I'm a Kansas City fan, <laughs> I like our chances moving forward. And it's it's hard. You, you, can't, you can't fake this shit. You, you can't just create it out of thin air. You either got it, and let's face it, they got it at the highest of high levels with guys. I mean, 
You're talking about a guy that's going to go down. He's still got a long ways to go, but he already is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. And Travis Kelsey's there too. He's going to go down more than likely as the most productive tight end of all time. Those guys are leading the charge in early April in Texas. Pretty impressive, man. I mean, it's just what a high-level operation they have. And never forget, man, people make this thing go round. You, You can't set a culture without your top people living by it. Mahomes and Kelsey live by it, clearly. One story that's just never going to die, and it will not officially die till he misses the entire season, is Tom. And people is like, is he actually retired? Will he come back to the Dolphins? Is Tom, 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 Tom. I got no clue. You got no clue. Until he actually misses the fall, we will know whether he's retired or not. But until the football season, talking about Tom Brady as potentially coming back is going to be something that happens. So I I don't know. My guess is he stays retired, but if you told me he comes back, I'd believe you. But I watched this clip and it kind of went viral of like, oh, Tom is not actually saying he's retired. And I just watched him talk. And I started thinking about, this is a guy that potentially, I mean, some people don't think he'll ever call games. I would imagine, you know, for $25 million a year, his ego's pretty big. It'll help him sell his other businesses that he will at least try out, you know, the Fox booth and, and be their lead analyst in, in a year. But I watched him talk at this seminar, and it was basically just the clip of him talking about the Dolphins, but it was just so corporate. And I think one thing that made Tom just whenever I would talk to people, and, you know, when I was at Fresno State, we have a bunch of guys that either played there or worked on the staff, you know, as a, as assistant coach, as a strength coach. And you would hear these stories of God, Tom's a badass. Tom is just cool, man. Tom just, Tom's just one of the dudes. And the reason he's considered, I think one of the greatest teammates of all time and arguably the greatest teammate of all time, because he was great at it. It was natural to him being one of the guys resonating with people. It clearly probably became hard the last couple of years when he's 44, 45 years old, But it was 100% unequivocally one of the things Tom Brady always hung his hat on, not on Sunday, was what he did Monday through Saturday with his teammates, resonating with them, getting along with them, going above and beyond for them. He was natural at it. And the only way you could do that is kind of be an authentic good guy. And you just, that's relatable. And one thing when you watch Peyton and Eli on television they just seem very comfortable in their own skin. They, they honestly feel pretty natural. I actually think Peyton's become a little less corporate in that uh, in the Manning cast. And it's just like, this is a great watch. I feel like I'm, I'm watching this mega cast or Manning cast or whatever they call it with two guys who are clearly, you know, obviously Peyton's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Eli had two of the great playoff runs of all time. He'll probably eventually be in the Hall of Fame. That's up for debate. But regardless... Eli, another great guy. It just feels like I could just hang with these two guys, man. I could just drink some beers, play play nine holes with them, talk some ball. Like they just they seem relatable. Tom clearly has that. Yet whenever I watch him talk, whether it's in an interview, whether it's I remember when he came on with Colin, whether it's at this thing, he feels very corporate. He feels kind of like it, you know, he's been caught up in the machine, which is understandable. I don't think he can be good as a broadcaster if that's what he comes off as. Not the guy that related with all of his teammates and got along with everyone for 20 plus years, but this corporate creation. 
and this corporate machine that is, you know, spit out all this money. Like Tiger Woods is a good example. For a long period of time, Tiger was kind of fake, right? Everything that you saw in these commercials was turned out to be kind of inauthentic. And one thing I think Tiger in his latter years, the last four or five years, he's had some, you know, battled through injuries. He's become much more of a relatable person. He can just, when he talks, whether it's to the media, around the guys, it's like, God, Tiger's just seems more normal. And I do wonder if Tom Brady, he's the most famous NFL player in the history of the league. You know, beside like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, it's a short list. He's one of the most famous athletes of my entire life. It's hard to be normal. And somehow Peyton and Eli can still kind of balance that pretty well, especially when the camera's on. I do wonder if Tom's going to be able to do that. Because I, I think the number one thing we look for as consumers in 2023, like part of the reason newspapers die and a lot of radio shows are dying, it just feel, all feels very fake. It's very inauthentic. It's why podcasts you know, are crushing. It's why certain people in the business of talking are crushing and others are not. It's like, can you just act normal? Can you be yourself? Because you can do that now and make a lot of money and have an enormous audience. That's what people want. I don't know. I, I would probably bet against it. I think it'll be very, very difficult for Tom because when you watched him on Tom vs. Time, or not Tom vs. Time, but whatever the... Uh, ESPN Plus show was on all their Super Bowls. It was like a six-part documentary, and he could swear. It was like, God, this is the Tom that I want to get to know. I always find it funny sometimes, and I, and I try to work on it because I know Pete, some of you guys listen like with your kids in the car, and listen, you got a five- or six-year-old. You know, you don't want me dropping F-bomb after F-bomb. You know, if, if it's a 15-year-old, like, I'm sorry, that kid's cussing when you're not around. But I, I try to be cognizant. But sometimes, like, people are like, Someone sent me a DM recently that was like, Middlecoff, my dad always said, when you swear, you sound dumber. It's like, and he wasn't talking about me, just in general. And I've, I've heard that saying before, too. And I, I think that's a very old school saying. Like, I just talk like I talk. You know, I, I didn't go to Harvard. My vocabulary is not something of some Cal UCLA grad. I just speak as I speak. And I, I don't think, I, I'm sorry, you know, I, I don't try. I'm more conscious now, conscious, conscientious of swearing consistently, but I also like, I swear in real life. So do many of you. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to be overkill, but sometimes the words are going to come out. And if you see your seven-year-old son, like this, this is, the show's not really for seven-year-olds, right? Now I want you to listen. And if the only time you can listen is in your car, when you're picking up your kids, I, I get it. But this is not a little kid show. This is a grown-up show where we talk about grown-up stuff involved also the NFL. But like, I find that real. Just be yourself. I'm just being myself. Sometimes I swear, right? Tom swears. And it's very, I, I found it like the best Tom Brady was that ESPN plus show when he just let it rip. The buzz around the draft. There was a story, I think I saw it on Wednesday of Brady Quinn. God, talk about a good looking dude. I mean, as someone that doesn't have hair, I was like, Brady just got good hair, uh, good jawline. He looks the part, man. He said something on a podcast yesterday about C.J. Stroud. And it was basically that C.J. Stroud had committed to go to the Manning Academy, the camp, right, where the college quarterbacks 
go and work as counselors for Peyton and Eli. And just like a lot of quarterbacks do remember famously Johnny Manziel went there and like got really drunk and Archie kicked him out. And it was a big story. And he committed and then he didn't show up and he ghosted them and said that that was one of the reasons because supposedly CJ's fallen in the draft. Like he's one of those guys that's slipping. And then Ryan Clark, you know, snapped back about like you're bemoaning a guy's character. Who made the Mannings, the, the bard that you got to listen to them. And it just, it's your classic this time of year when it comes to the NFL draft about whether it's former players or, you know, your big J journalists just screaming at each other over a report about a player and then people thinking it's unfair. And what I often found funny when I was in the NFL and definitely now is that whether this stuff's true or not, it does not affect the teams at all. They all know. Like, there are some things that are objectively facts, right? Jalen Carter was in another car uh, racing the car where two people died. Now, that happened. Now, whether it's his fault or not, obviously, all that stuff is subjective and up for debate. Stetson Bennett was arrested. We all saw the video. That is objective. It cannot be argued. That happened. Then there are stories like, you know, is CJ Stroud, um, is he, can you depend on him? Is he consistently, how would you put, is he punctual, right? If he says he's going to be somewhere, is he going to be there? And I remember that I learned in the NFL that academics, like no one cared what a wide receiver's grades were or a defensive lineman's grades were or a right tackle's grades were because ultimately it doesn't matter, especially if you told me, listen, this guy barely passed his classes, but he's very smart football player. He learns football well. That's all that matters. The NFL is in the football business. Not in, we're not building a bridge, right? We're not trying to uh, negotiate uh, an acquisition of a bank. Can the guy run <laughs> uh, a route over the middle? And on a hot route, does he know where to go? And can he catch the football? And is he tough after the catch? And is he fast? Like, can, can the guy bend the edge? Can the guy hold the point? Can the guy run the uh, zone running scheme? But when it comes to quarterbacks, one thing that I was always taught, and I think most scouts kind of abide by this rule is like, everything matters. So their GPA, like they don't need to be a 4.0 student, but do they take school seriously? Because usually they take everything seriously, right? They take school seriously. They take weight room seriously. If they, if they, uh, uh, you know, play golf, they take golf very seriously. Their football, they take very seriously. Everything they do in their life is held to a high standard. They don't cut corners. Now, I don't know anything about CJ Stroud. I'm not saying this is true or not. And ultimately what I would tell you is, in the big picture, it's kind of irrelevant whether Ryan Clark and Brady Quinn are arguing back and forth over this because the teams already know. They already have this information. You, you don't slide in the draft unless like the Laramie Tunzel thing comes out on draft night, but based on these media reports, right? That's, that's their own narratives that they get to create. The teams have their boards, which are obviously not public. Now, I'm not saying where they put these guys is right or wrong, but they, are, they have this information. They have more information than literally everybody on the outside. And they've gotten that information from people in the program, people around the program, their teammates, guys on their given team about that played with those guys, people that know them, their high school coach, their college counselor. They accumulate all that information and they figure it out from there. 
Now, I think C.J. Stroud is going to be a fascinating guy because when the Panthers originally traded up, everyone thought C.J. Stroud was going to be the number one overall pick. He became, in the betting markets, the guy that everyone thought was going to take him. And now it feels like that's over. Bryce Young's going number one. And people are like, is C.J. Stroud even going to be the second quarterback? And let's just let's just do a hypothetical. C.J. Stroud goes 10th. I'm just, I'll just pick a number. Obviously, the Eagles are picking there, but you know what I mean. Like they make a trip, whatever. He just goes 10th. A lot of people will say that CJ Stroud slid in the draft. And my counter would be, did he? Or did the media overvalue him? I hell, I based on the Georgia game, I, I thought he's worthy of a top 10 pick. But I'm just telling you, like, doesn't mean teams in the NFL think that. And the information they have, we all have information when a guy gets arrested. We all have information when, remember when Jameis Winston got suspended. There there are certain stuff that is just public information. The majority of stuff in a character write-up, and I I did it full-time for a year when I did the West Coast, is not public information because it's stuff that a position coach, a director of football operations, a, a head coach, a counselor tells you, I wouldn't say in secret, but... It's just not something that they would just say in an interview because not everything is flattering. And some guys are high character stuff and still have some red flags in their background. So this notion about these players and these people arguing, and it's I get where if you're in first take, you need to scream about this. It doesn't ultimately matter. It doesn't actually influence anything. Now, when a story comes out like Jalen Carter at the Combine, that he was involved in the in the car ch- race or whatever, that is information that we all learn in real time. The teams didn't know about it. You and I didn't know about it. But a lot of this information, like if that Manning story does have validity behind it, I'm sure that's been a rumor about C.J. Stroud, I don't know, since last summer in NFL circles. And ultimately, it's on you to decide as the general manager if it's a big deal or if it's not. Because if he's a good enough player, and you think he can, you know, be a top 10 quarterback in the league, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Right? And I, I think that is this time of year, like these stories that are happening left and right, I don't think are having any influence on uh, you know on NFL draft boards. One thing that I did find fascinating, I, I saw Pete Carroll gave a quote. You know, when I was in the NFL, you always ask the question, how do you think this guy will handle money? How do you think this guy will handle success? And Pete was like, you know, the one thing crazy now is some of these guys are making a million bucks, right? Some of these guys are making 700 grand. So relative, if you're like a top 15 pick, you're going to make more than that. But I do get to see you like, can you imagine as a scout going into a school and talking to a coach and them going, well... This guy was one of our hardest workers and one of our best players. And I thought this guy was going to be a top five pick. And then NIL started and he got 750 grand and his work ethic diminished. That would be incredible information to have as a scout because I would tell my general manager, tell my head coach, this is something that's pretty concerning. Because if, if this guy's work ethic dipped with 750 grand, what's going to happen when we give him $5 million, right? And vice versa. When you go into a school and you go, what was it like when he signed his big NIL deal? It's like, you know, he was still the first guy into every single workout. 
he was still the last guy on the practice field. We didn't see one issue. And we also heard that of that million-dollar contract, he gave $150,000 of it to charity. You're like, shit, I'm all over this cat. So it's going to be, I would imagine the NIL money with some of these guys is a pretty big talking point in some of these draft meetings. Because forever, it was like, how's this guy going to handle money? Well, beside the brown bags of 40K that he got you know, under his dorm bed, and I promise you that stuff was never really talked about. Now that NIL is public, like you're, you would ask that question. What was it like? Right. He's got, he's got a Mercedes contract and he's got a, a deal with Nike. You know, he's making $1.3 million. Right. You're going to know Drake May and Caleb Williams, like they're wiring. They've been making huge cash now for a couple of years. That, that's an incredible advantage to have. And understanding it's gonna it's gonna work against guys. It's gonna work for guys. I, I, I'm really really fascinated by uh, by the NFL or by the NIL impact on the draft. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage. The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco... I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm also fascinated by the, the quarterbacks. Some people think Will Levis might be the second quarterback off the board. You know, could the Indianapolis Colts take Anthony Richardson with the fourth pick and just try to hit a home run kind of like Shane did with Jalen Hurts a couple years ago? And, and knowing how to use a running quarterback who needs some refinement. Um, that, that's always, because let's face it, this draft in terms of star power, in terms of star power, kind of lacks it. And part of star power is the quarterbacks. You know, that, that Tua, Joe Burrow draft was just poof, that, that, that popped. Uh, the Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, like, felt like those guys were bigger names in this group, but the quarterbacks are always going to carry any draft because we do lack a little firepower with the other positions. 
but are all four quarterbacks going to go in the top 10? Or is one of these quarterbacks going to be there in the teens? I, I can't pretend to know or have a great feel for it. Besides, obviously, a couple quarterbacks for sure are going to go in the top 10, but are all four? Because at one point in time, it's like, could four quarterbacks go one, two, three, four? That's never happened in the history of the league. And I saw Adam Schefter say the other day, that is definitely not happening here. So, uh, yeah, the, the draft is always a fun time when it comes to quarterback. And last but not least, the NFLPA came out this basically report that majority of injuries happen on field turf. And as someone that plays a lot of golf and gets to know wherever I'm playing, you know, usually the superintendent, who's the guy that kind of is in charge of making sure the grass and the greens and just the course is in really good shape. And where I went to school at Cal Poly, th there was a major for that. There was a major where guys basically went on to run golf courses, big ag school. And it's a tough job. It pays a lot. I mean, these guys are making, you know, 150, 200, 250, depending on the course you're at, you, you make buku bucks. Uh, now it's hard work. You're there early, they're late, especially if you're at a course that's either famous or host big events. But the point is that grass is complicated. And since coming to Arizona, like for example, a golf course, because of the climates, they have two separate grasses for six months, basically. When the heat comes, they have a different grass than they have during the winter. And clearly around the NFL, some teams play in better climates than others. But it's always been argued that artificial turf, well, one, it's cheaper once you install it, right? Doesn't need sun, doesn't need to be trimmed, it doesn't need maintenance. So on just a, from an economic standpoint, it is anyone that's put artificial turf in their backyard, in the front yard, in a side yard, wherever, at an office, you just leave it. It's, it's great. But from a football standpoint, it clearly impacts, I don't know, the most, most important people in the business, the players. And anytime that you lose star players, because you're just as likely to lose Nick Bosa or Odell Beckham Jr. or Tom Brady as you are some random special team player. Now, the NFL is a partnership between the players and then, you know, the teams, the league. And in the CBA, I've always argued that the players argue about stuff that just doesn't really matter. Like they were obsessed with getting days off in training camp, no more double days. And I'm not saying that they should not fight against like Junction Boy style training camp, but you should be much more consumed with guaranteed money, you know, practice field requirements, game field requirements. But they were obsessed with things the owners didn't give a shit about. Oh, you want a second day off during training camp? Take it. You, you want two days off during the week, during the season? You're cool because they don't actually care. The only thing they care about is dollars and cents. This would have been a good example of something the players should have fought for. Every single stadium that we play in, we mandate that you have grass. They didn't do it. And that's why in New York, they have shitty turf, right? Obviously, the Super Bowl was terrible turf. People slipping all over the place. Maybe it is grass and they painted it, whatever. But I think, and I don't even think it's that controversial, I'm a sucker for grass. Like I like grass fields, but I also saw when the 49ers moved in the Santa Clara uh, Levi Stadium, it was hard for them to figure out the grass. It did not. It, it it didn't hold at first. It's complicated. It's not like you just put in grass and it's great. 
Like some grass is better than others, depending on whether you're in New York or whether you're in Texas. It's not easy, and it obviously costs the teams way more. But this is a good example of something that D. Smith and the players union and their reps should have been fighting for years ago. Because this is obviously a hot topic for a long time. It's not like it just came up. But they're always obsessed with the wrong things. Like, can we get a, a second day off during the bye week or whatever? You got a mandatory six days off during the bye week. Who cares? Six days off or three days off. Fight for more money. Fight for the things that are tangible, right? Because I got news for you. Most teams, especially the good ones, they're giving you days off no matter what. You know, th- this would have been something that, you know, a good union representative would have fought for the last CBA a couple years ago, but they didn't. And now this is an argument that goes back and forth. Like this is collectively bargained. And this is something that could have been collectively bargained. And this is something that you're going to have to keep bitching and moan with for a while, because for whatever reason, I don't quite understand it because it's not that much money relative to the grand scheme of things. Why I would risk having turf in if I'm an owner, why would I be that cheap? Why would I want to risk losing my star players on a bad field? But the answer is, and they've shown you consistently, they don't actually care. They, they just don't. They would rather save a little money than lose a star player. Some of these teams, obviously. Not not all of them. I mean, some of them have, obviously, majority of them have grass. But, yeah, I mean, that that's something that easily could have been collectively bargained a while ago, but just was not. Okay, that'll do it. And uh, I, you know what I never do is is thank my guy, Hulse and, and James, my audio and video producers. I, that's just, I'm a bad teammate. You know, it's not Tom Brady of me, but th- those guys crush it on a, on a daily basis. Uh, do a lot of things behind the scenes that make this bad boy go. And uh, shout out to you guys for, uh, for, yeah, for coming, hanging, listening. And hopefully everyone has a good weekend and talk to you soon. See you guys Sunday, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, firing those DMs. And uh, we'll have some content, a lot of content next week for the draft. So let's rock and roll, baby. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.